With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everyone and thanks for tuning in to yet another podcast from Glasgow's Green aka Gigpod. This is episode 104 and fresh from having a larger than life loudmouth and spunk phone on with me, Stevie, to preview the Rangers game on Sunday. I regret to inform you I have another clout chasing Celtic supporter for this one in Ryan Fitzsimons aka Ryan118. Ryan, is that how I say your surname? Is it Fitzsimons or Fitzsimons? Mate, I'm gonna, you're the first person that I have ever met I think, honestly, my life to get it right on first attempt. Well done, Stevie. I truly am one of the greats. But <laughs> you truly are. <laughs> Ryan, YouTube content creation was a weird world that I struggled to understand a year ago. And now look at us both doing it. It's very good to have a fellow one on Gigpod. Yeah, look, listen, you and Hamish have been absolutely smashing it over the last Hamish who? Hamish who? It's Hamish. Um, but you have been brilliant. It's been great to watch. And, uh, and you know what? It makes it exciting knowing that there's so many different opinions nowadays. But um, aye, it's good to be joining you, Stevie. Indeed. And also, you were on Gigpod back last year for that terrible idea I had when we were doing the Premiership years. I actually gave up in March 2020. That's when I had enough. Poor Boys Analytics recorded with me for April and I remember just hitting a brick wall, just saying to myself, it was like that Ian Beal moment. <laughs> I've, I've got nothing left. I just couldn't do it anymore. But um, what, what month did you cover? I done, oh, I think it was November or December. I done, I think I done the Prague games. I was like, ah, right, I want to make sure and pick a month where there's so much to talk about. And we ended up going with that month. But I can't believe you didn't even cover the Kennedy era. Like you just left poor John Kennedy to rot in the dust. We're not having a repeat of that. This season has been anything but... I mean, that anomaly last season, hasn't it, Ryan? Well, yeah. I mean, if you decide to do another kind of Premiership Year-style video or podcast series this year, you'll have a lot better things to talk about. But yeah, it's been it's been fantastic from start to finish. You know, there was that wee bit of a bumpy start, which had us all kind of 
you know, holding on to see what this season would, would present us. But now we find ourselves, what, in April, where we have a realistic chance of winning a league title, maybe even winning a treble. It's crazy how, how things have kind of transpired. And listen, I'm, I'm very excited for not just Sunday, but the remainder of this season. And see if I was to do another Premiership years at the end of the season, looking back at this one, what month would you choose? That is really difficult. You know, there's been so many good months. Um, I, I think I'd maybe go for February. Uh, start off strong with a derby game. Look as we, we kind of climb our way to the top of the table. And um, hopefully, come the end of the season, it'll be a month where we say, yep, that's where we won the title. And was it known February as well that that Mexican Healy lassie dumped spunk phone? So that was a good laugh for everyone. <laughs> That might have been true, actually. I didn't even consider that. I, I see she's back out looking for a man, so maybe he's got a second chance. <laughs> right, anyway, we're not here to talk about Spunk Phone's love life, everyone. All right, we are focusing on the big one. Um, we already did it during the week with Spunk Phone, Rangers v Celtic, and that's on Sunday at 12 o'clock. But I wanted to get Ryan on, not only for his opinions in the game, but I wanted to talk to Ryan specifically about his favourite memories at Ibrox, beating him at Ibrox, and why it was so special to him. So, Ryan, what's been your favourite memory at Ibrox, your favourite game? Why was it so special to you? You're so kind, put me up first. Um, listen, there's been so many good memories at Ibrox. In recent years, there's been some really good times. Um, I, I'm probably not as lucky in the sense that, you know, I, I'm only 22 and, you know, I, I've not really got to experience a lot of the 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 good times before I was born, but recently, listen, I, I think I would be I'd be ignorant to ignore the five one demolishing in their own backyard. The the fact that we still had full allocations, the party at Ibrooks, the fans just looked incredible. And I, I know that season we had battered them already. Um, we battered them at Celtic Park. I think we battered them at Hamden as well that season as well. I just didn't think that come kickoff we could have done the exact same thing on their own turf, uh, and it was just beautiful to watch from start to finish. You know, I was surprised they even got a goal in the game as well. Um, it's one that I'll, I'll never, ever forget, and it's one of those ones that I really wish I had a ticket for, but even watching it with my dad from the, from the living room, it was it, it, it was believable, but it was still one of those sort of rub-your-eyes moments, like you looked at the scoreboard at Ibrooks and Rangers won Celtic 5. It, it was quite unbelievable in a way, you know? I remember just getting into that game, as a fan, thinking it was a gimme, it was a tap-in for us, I really didn't think that Pedro Cachina's Rangers were going to, going to touch us. We already won the cup game 2-0, I think a few weeks before that, remember? Or was it maybe a week before that? I but, think it was the weekend before, that's right. Uh. Yeah, and that was 2-0, but I mean, that was like really two going on, like six or seven, wasn't it? If we wanted to, if we wanted to go up a few levels... That could have been a hiding for them in that match as well. Yeah, it was. It was probably a sign of things to come. Um, but as I said, I just never expected the iBooks because, as you said, two going on whatever it could have been at Hamden. It was just the start that we got there at iBooks that day. You know, like we carried on from that two 0 win, and then I think it was Sinclair who scored the penalty five or ten minutes into the game. And at that point, you're going right. This is it. It's this could be another one of those days. Um and, and we never looked back from that moment. Uh Griffiths got on the score sheet not long later with an absolute screamer and it was just I I think it was a, just a, a series of events building towards that moment that, you know, provided us with one of the, the most memorable we've seen. Did you go into that game thinking we were going to do them? Were you really confident from the fact that we'd pumped them in the cup game and it was a routine win in the end? I was confident of us winning the game, absolutely, like no doubt about it, but I mean, to beat them 5-1, I would never have put 
any sort of faith in that. I would have been thinking, if I remembered rightly, I was going in that game think to myself, right, we, we, we battered them at Hamden the week before. They're going to be up for this. This is their own stadium. They've had a horrendous season. They need to fight for some pride. And we just pulled the scamps down even further, if you like, at Ibrooks. So it was um, it was a surprise how much we'd done it. And I, I, I was very confident of a win. But I mean, to, as I already said, five five goals at Ibrooks. I, I never thought it's something I would see in my lifetime, to be honest. Um, it just seems sort of impossible to do that at somebody else's own, own, own ground in, in, a, in a game like that derby. For myself, when this isn't the game I'm actually picking out as my favourite ever win at Ibrooks, but like I'd never seen Celtic score five at Ibrooks or even four. Three was the most when we beat them three now in April two thousand and one. That was when Larson scored his fiftieth goal, if you remember that one from the angle. That's right, aye. But that was really, really special for me. So the game that I'm going to talk about, try and jog your memory back to two thousand and three. Um, were you even born? I I was born. Yes, I was born. I I I'm a two thousand baby. So I was I was born just for the Mark Manuel era beginning actually. The Bampot Celtic fan and me back then going home away Europe everywhere and well I'm still going to the games of course like I was spending in fact saying I'm spending so much of my money in Celtic I mean half my wardrobe is at Adidas gear as you know but uh, <laughs> the Gilly. make sure you're wearing the Gilly on Sunday back in 2003 I was home away and abroad going everywhere and coming back from the Boa Vista game where we triumphed 1-0 Henrik scored it was such a grueling game of football we were hanging on for dear life. It was stuffy conditions. It was roasting hot that night. The pitch itself was so hard. It, it was just sheer drama to get through like we did. And it was so emotional that night for the fans and the players, the management, everyone connected with Celtic getting to the UEFA Cup final. I would never have thought it was possible in my lifetime at all. But I was able to see a Celtic team do that. But then, you know, the elation of beating Boa Vista, you then had to then focus and go, wait a minute, we're playing at Ibrox on Sunday. Now, this was a game I was going into, Ryan, and I was really confident in a Celtic team, just like I am for Sunday, because I trusted the manager and I trusted the players, but that season, we were up against a very strong Rangers team, and we had our own wobbles as well. Not as such in the league, only against Rangers, they posed its problems, but Inverness, Cali had knocked us out of the cup, Rangers had beat us in the League Cup at Hamden a month before, so they definitely had the sort of hoodoo sign over us. We could beat them, but at the same time, Rangers had got the better of us uh, in two matches that season so far. And getting into this one, I remember just thinking, you know, we hardly had any recovery time. The players get back in Friday morning. They would have been emotionally exhausted, physically done in. And we didn't have a large squad either. either. Um, we were relying on like maybe 14 or 15 players throughout that season. Get into the game at Ibrox, you're up against a very, very good Rangers team. They were top of the league at the time, and they had players that could really hurt us. They had Ronald De Boer, you had Michael Moles there, had Barry Ferguson was, was prime Barry Ferguson as well. Peter Lovinkans was always a threat, and Craig Moore and Amoruso and Arthur Newman at the back. They were quite formidable. So I got a ticket for that game, and I remember thinking I was going with my uncle, my granda, who I still go to the football with, and still I'm very close watching Celtic with. And I just didn't think we were going to get anything out. It was a bonus, you know, you'll remember that game, Ryan, that was like Beach Ball Sunday, we chucked That's right. Beach Balls on to the pitch and everything, and it, it was really just a case of rub it in to say, we're in a final, we're here to have a laugh, because obviously the players and the manager knew we were going to go there to compete and win the game, and that was why they were such a brilliant football team and one of the best Celtic teams I've ever seen. But for myself and the rest of the fans that I was on the supporters bus with, 
it was an outside chance. I felt Rangers were just the favourites. They were fresher than us. I thought they would have been far fitter than us. And they were just still at the top of the league as well. I didn't see us getting anything from that game. I thought before the game, or a laugh in the part would have been it because Rangers would have probably won fairly comfortably. But no, it was during about 15 minutes that I thought, we didn't have a chance here. Robert Douglas went off. That's right, Rob Douglas went off, didn't he? And it- and they had to bring on, who was it? What's his name again? I forgot Javier his name. Sanchez Broto. That's right, that's the name. <laughs> now, Javier Sanchez Broto was, actually ended up being a bit of a cult hero at Celtic, and a lot of fans never wanted him to leave, but he played against Hibs a month earlier, a game that we sneaked at 3 2. He made a howler of an error, and he was very unconvincing in that game. And when he came on for Douglas, a lot of fans thought, yeah, this is it now. I mean, we've had a laugh, we've had a fun, but. Rangers will probably do is we've not got the luck here. All you were waiting on was a penalty or something for them. And then, like, I think Lovingcrans missed an absolute sitter. And then De Boer missed some header. And that's when me and all the other fans around us started going, I think we might be able to get something here. After that moment, 20 minutes in, Celtic just took control. Uh, Matt Namara, Henrik Larson, John Hartson, um, even Neil Lennon in that game. They were brilliant. And the four of them were basically your key performers as Celtic went into a 2-0 lead. John Hartson made it 2-0, but Alan Thompson made it 1-0. And what I always remember for that game is like we had to be really big and strong physically and mentally, and we were. Second half, Ronald De Boer pulled a goal back, and then we were hanging on sort of in the last half hour. But you saw Rangers were done. I think the, the shock of us going there, getting into a two-goal lead and showing that we weren't there to be pushed over, and we breathed sort of new life into that title race at the time, it was mentally a massive one for us. And it's strange for me to say that that was my favourite memory of us at Ibrox, considering we didn't go on to win the league, we didn't go on to win anything, but it was just a case of seeing a Celtic team that I wrote off and many many fans wrote off before the game. And they went there and they stood up to be counted. They were big, they were strong, as I said, physically and mentally. They just got in Rangers' faces, but they played good football too. And after that, I remember coming out of Ibrox. You know what it's like, Ryan, you've been there before. The feeling you get, of walking out to Brimland, taking three points from them, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? Well, it's it's like listen that season, as you said, we didn't win anything, but it's at the time, you know, is how you feel then. I mean, you, you see the images of Hartson celebrating for that game when he scores the second, and the, the, his kind of emotion summarizes how you'd be feeling as a Celtic fan walking away that day. You know, you don't know what's going to come in the following weeks, but you three days prior, you've beat Boavista, you're into. UEFA Cup final and then three days later you've you've kind of as you said breathed life into a title race. You've got every right to to kind of celebrate at the time. And listen, it's it's gonna create memories, isn't it? It's one of those games that I it didn't turn out for the best, but it, it did certainly create something. Um and if you're there it just makes it even better, Stevie. You know, there's not gonna be a lot of Celtic fans here on Sunday. Right, me and you both know the reason for that. You're not likely to see the Brimland full again with Celtic fans that that they days are done. Maybe we'll get two or three thousand like they give to the European fans as part of the allocation. Who knows? Rangers are a petty club, so it's not going to be an easy solution there, is it? But for the fans that are going there on Sunday, if we do come out of there with a result, I mean, what a feeling that would be. It's crazy because obviously you'd like to see that full broom on. You'd like to see every possible Celtic fan who could get a ticket in there. But it cast your mind back to that 2-0 game a few years ago with, with our Lenny in charge. And, uh, you know, Johnny Hayes scored that 90th minute goal. We won the game. And it was just that wee corner, that wee seven 800 people 
and it's still with class. Imagine being one of those people. I, I am very envious of everybody who's managed to, to get in that position, but they're, they're rightfully in that position. Um, and listen, it, it's one of those ones that it doesn't matter come the 90th minute how many are there. If we win the game, what a memory it is. For myself now, um, in terms of getting to away games, the days are done, home games only for me. But you're right. I mean, everybody that's there on Sunday, the majority of them deserve to be there. And I just hope they go there and enjoy it. And they are, first and foremost, safe, of course, um, because it is going to be such a hostile and toxic atmosphere. I'll touch on that a wee bit later on and I'll get your opinion on that one there, Ryan. But talking about Sunday now, getting away from the fans, the latest news is Alfredo Morelos could be out. Do you reckon that's advantage to us? Because as much as we have mocked him in the past, as much as he is a bit of a balloon and he acts like a Wayne, he's a big player for them. We had this discussion on our podcast the other night and it, look, we can make the jokes about Morelos' goal-scoring record against Celtic. Um, I know he ended that in the, the empty stadium era, but you know it's still not the best of records. He's still a player who brings a lot of trouble to Celtic's back line. He might not score goals, but he's a nuisance. Um, and, and listen, I'm one of these people that don't care who's fit and who's not. I would like to see as many of their best players out of the game. And Morelos is one of their best players. It, he might struggle against Celtic, but if he turns up and he's hungry for goals and he's got an opportunity, he will take those opportunities. So eliminating those opportunities is ultimately the way I like to see it go. Um, I feel like it is something that will help Celtic. There's the point of the centre-halves, and I think they've been fantastic of recent, and I'm definitely not one of these people who like to criticise the the moments that, you know, you see people getting on Starfelt's back for wee dodgy moments here and there, but I think, to, to be perfectly honest, Morelos not being there certainly does help eliminate those moments as well. So I'm I'm personally very pleased that we won't be seeing uh, Mr Morelos on Sunday, potentially. Who do you reckon Rangers will throw up front then? Like for like replacement in Kmar Roof? Yeah, I'd, I'd expect so. I would say Roof. Um, he, he's not a bad option to have there either. Um, he, he knows how to find the net when given opportunities as well. So, it, listen, it's not exactly like we're getting off with one after putting someone up front who, who can score goals, but He's been someone recently who has some... This is the other thing. He's got something to sort of prove. Uh, I think he's been doubted a little bit at times. He's some, I remember he was booed onto the park. I, I don't think they necessarily booed him, but he came on for Morelos and, and the substitution was booed. So he'll want to score a goal. He'll want to try and, and, and win over fans if there's any doubters, but I'd imagine we'd see him up front, yeah. In terms of proving a point as well, Carol Starfelt, the last time he was at Ibrox, you know, I think the occasion got to him a bit because... If you can remember back then, there was no Celtic fans there at all. They created, I mean, they whipped their crowd up into a frenzy. They're going to be far worse on Sunday. But Starfelt defended okay after a bit of a nervy start to his Celtic career. But his ball distribution was awful in that game. He was constantly giving it away. And we needed him to be, you know, very commanding in the first 20 minutes of the second half. And constantly him and Stephen Welsh were just throwing the ball back to the Angels in the midfield. And they got a grip in the game and then they ended up getting a goal. Carol Starfelt then, how do you think he's going to cope in that Ibrox atmosphere? Because, again, I was very critical of him in the early days. It's now got to the point where I'm now expecting accomplished performances from Starfelt. you got a lot of people, when he's having a 7 out of 10 performance, the first thing they'll do is they'll go to Twitter and they'll basically, it's almost patronising, saying how good was Starfelt again, no one's talking about him. But that's a good thing because he's now getting to a level where you're expecting your Celtic centre-half to be dominant, to be strong into saunter through games yeah absolutely I agree I've been a big Starfield fan since he came in I've really wanted him to succeed and I, but I understand completely what you're saying there there is a slight bit of it feels like they are patronising a little bit 
I, I like to know. I like the feeling now that he goes in, he does his business, and he leaves. And if he has a man of the match performance, however, we'll talk about it then. But it's like we don't need to constantly talk him up as if he's he's like some competition winner. He, he's here and he's he's working hard and he's getting better, and and that's good. But in terms of Sunday, what I'm really happy about you brought up the name Stephen Welsh. Now, no disrespect to Stephen Welsh at all, but I am very glad that he's going to be joined by Cameron Carter Vickers on this visit. Touch wood, nothing happens. Um, that will make a huge difference. I think that the confidence that they, they feed off each other um, will make a big difference to that distribution you were talking about. I'm hoping that Starfield will be a lot more reassured and where he puts the ball. And I think ultimately that just comes down to how we start the game. If we don't let Rangers get under our skin, I, I feel like they could come out and, and play really sort of attacking from the get-go. If we can handle that and, and, and kind of settle ourselves at the back, then I'm sure Carter Vickers and, and Starfield will take care of business and we'll see a, a definite improvement on what was that shambolic um, bit of distribution back in September. I'm going to ask you for your team for this game now because myself and Spunkphone we went through who we think our team's going to be during the week a lot of people on, on social media anyway can't seem to call the midfield it's 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 a good selection nightmare for Ange isn't it compared to back in August when you pretty much knew where the midfield was going to be we've now got options and it's what we were crying out for uh, back in the last two transfer windows and it's what the Celtic squad have needed under the manager now in midfield I reckon we're going to I think we're going to see Neil Beaton starting right. I think we're going to see Matt O'Reilly and Callum McGregor there. I've already explained why, so I'm not going to go into that again. But then I've been thinking, as the days have passed, are we going to see a high-pressing and, and high-energy sort of midfield again, just like we did back in February? Are we going to try and you know go toe-to-toe with them? But then I think they aren't going to set up 4 3 3 again. They're never going to do what they did in February. They're 100% guaranteed to go 4 5 1 with the two holding midfielders and then your three sort of attacking midfielders there, including your wingers. So that's why I reckon you're going to see Beaton in there for a physical presence to combat Lundstrom and Jack. I could be wrong, and I think on Sunday, there's going to be, no matter what, there's going to be people groaning and grumbling over the midfield and over the team in general. But an Andrew Trust and whoever he picks will undoubtedly get the backing by myself and the majority of the fans. Give me your team. What's the 11 going to be, Ryan? Oh, well, this is a this is a tough one. I, I, I listened to the podcast on, on Wednesday or Thursday there and I, I, I actually like the point about Beaton um, and I don't I, I wouldn't even grudge it if it happened. However, for my team, I'll run through it as, as quickly as possible and offer some explanation to maybe some differences or whatever. Joe Hart, of course, and goals. Um, I think it will be the, the, the back four, the best back four, Juranovic, Starfield, Carter Vickers and Taylor. And I've seen a lot of people in my like comments section and such talk about bringing Ralston in for this game, but I think Taylor's been really good recently. He's building a good relationship on that left-hand side, so I would keep him in for the team. In the midfield, for me personally, I don't agree on the beaton point. I don't think he will start. I'm going to go McGregor, O'Reilly and Hitati again. I think it'll be the same three that played against them in February. And then for the front three, Maida, Giacomacus and Jota. Um, once again, the big conversation between Abada and Maida. I just have a feeling he's going to keep Maida in this game. We might see kind of the old Lenny flip the wingers with uh, Jota and, and Maida on that left and right hand side. But the big conversation about the midfield three, I think it is hard to pick. Um, I just think you'll go with Hattati and O'Reilly again ahead of McGregor. Because um, I, I, I think we're going to really go for it. I think that even if Rangers go for it, I, I see us 
going toe to toe with that, and I think we'll try and attack the game as well. So that that's the middle three that I would go with. As I was talking about earlier, Ryan, it's going to be a poisonous and toxic atmosphere. It's going to be very hostile. We're expecting it to be way worse than I think it will probably be worse than anything our players are ever used to, to be honest, and way worse than anything we heard back in August. How do you think it's going to be? I think it will be exactly as you described, that they are poisonous, toxic, everything that you would expect a derby game to be. I, I, I remember the game, obviously, um, in February, it was a brilliant atmosphere. We had 60,000 Celtic fans. It was fantastic. But to Rangers, that would have been the same sort of thing. It would have been poisonous. It would have been hard to deal with. It would have been um, un- just unideal, to say the least. Um, for for Celtic, this will be really, really tough, especially with the circumstances going into the game. Rangers need to win uh, to avoid going you know, six points behind, potentially. So they, they will be right on um, Celtic's back from the get-go. They will out-sing those 700 Celtic supporters, sadly. But there's a real opportunity for that to, to kind of flip. And I think he's kind of touched on this on the, the other podcast with, with Spunk Phone. But there's a real opportunity if Celtic managed to get a good start in the game and they managed to um, maybe get an early goal or even just keep Rangers from scoring a goal, there is an opportunity for that iBooks crowd to, to kind of turn their own team. We've seen that. Let's let's not hide away from it. Let's not cover it up. That It's very easy for them to do um, in terms of getting hostile to their own players, really demanding, push stuff out of them, and, and that could that could unnerve the Rangers team, to say the least. So it can go both ways, but I'm certainly expecting it to be a toxic time. It's weird, isn't it, that they're now looking forward to playing in front of 50,000 Rangers fans, because if they had the chance to do that, I'd go with no fans there at all. You know what they'd be choosing anyway. Oh, yes. Yes, of course. I mean, if you remember, if you cast your mind back to the, the winter break, they were desperate to play uh, the derby with no fans. I wonder fans. why that was. I wonder why, I wonder why. So I don't want to cover too much of old grounds because myself and Spunk Phone did go through this game in depth and, well, previewed it in depth anyway. But in this last segment here, Ryan, I wanted to do something a wee bit different and look at the key battles. Now, I picked three on this one and then I'll ask you your opinions on them, who comes out on top and if there's any battles you would pick. So for myself, GG against McGregor. Now, Al McGregor saved it. I know three 0 was a doing for them in February, but McGregor saved it from being like five or six at half time with the saves right. he made, and he was in excellent form. Certainly against Gigi, Gigi very much is like a man possessed. And now he's been outstanding for us recently, and I fully expect Gigi to be so up for this. He has to be because he's going to come in for Pelters too after his comments after the Dundee game. He says that we're going to win the league. Says we're the better team. He says he doesn't fear Rangers, and I love that confidence. But you have got to back it up in the pitch. This is where he's got to do it, Ryan. Yeah, I'm hoping that he gets a bit better of McGregor, of course. Um, he was unlucky not to get a goal, I think, against Rangers back in February. And I, I've used this quote a couple of times. I think I don't see him being unlucky twice. I think if he's given opportunities in this game, he will find the net. He's on form. He's, he's, he's really firing in all cylinders at the moment. So I expect to see him on the score sheet, hopefully. Um, it's just about you know how he gets, gets the ball and how he receives it. Because we know he's the type of player that you know he likes a first touch finish. Um, he's not one for you know carrying the ball for a long time and scoring. So as long as the the, the delivery is there for him, I'm sure we'll see him scoring. Listen, McGregor's a fantastic keeper. We know that, but this season he's also been prone to a couple of howlers. So let's hope that Jack and Marcus can force one of them. Next one is Ryan Jack up against Callum McGregor. It's fair to say Rangers really struggled without Ryan Jack in the game in February. In fact, since he's been playing in Europe for them, he has made a difference. Now, 
Like at Olympic, Ryan Jack is a decent footballer. He's also an animal. He's a complete thug and he'll probably be looking to take bodies and that's what their fans will be expecting him to do because you know that any 50-50 with Ryan Jack and their midfielders, as soon as he, if he does come out and thought the lift that they will start getting and they'll be expecting the next one to be like a serious injury if the first one isn't. I don't particularly like him as a person whatsoever. I don't think any Celtic fan should, but you have got to say he has a decent footballer um, when he's not been a thug and been an animal. You know, flip that. We've got Callum McGregor, who is nothing like him and is 10 times the player he is. If Callum McGregor's on form, there really should be only one winner there, but we have got to take the threat of him and Lundstrom in midfield seriously, I think, because they're two players that have made a difference to them in Europe. Who do you see winning that battle in midfield? As you said, Ryan Jack, like at Olympic, he is a good player. Um, he always has been a good player since signing for Rangers. However, I don't, I'm don't. i not too sure about this narrative at the moment, you know, the, the one that was being pushed on Twitter, 2-0 down, Jack comes off the park, suddenly it's 2-0, and, you know, I don't think he's the, the be-all end-all, um, but he is a good player. McGregor, however, better player. And if McGregor turns up and he plays... Um, I think that he's someone who wins that battle once more. As you said, you've got to try and hope that you avoid that thug side of, of, of Ryan Jack. You don't want to see anybody um, succumb to a bad tackle or nothing. So, yeah, I'm hoping that McGregor wins that battle as well in the midfield. And the good thing about McGregor is he's, he's so sort of mobile nowadays and what he does and moving forward, staying back as well. I feel like that it'll be a handful for Ryan Jack, who, let's be honest, has, has, has struggled a lot with injuries. So, you know, as the game goes on, you're hoping that one tires out and one doesn't. And I think that I know who I'd have my money on for that. And the last battle I've picked is Ryan Kent up against JJ. Now, Ryan Kent in these games has always been a nightmare for us. He's a player that, <laughs> this sounds unbelievably pathetic, right? But as a wee guy growing up, I really feared Brian Loudrop up against Tommy Burns Celtic sides it was always a case of you just knew whenever he had the ball something was going to happen now, I don't think for a second Ryan Kent is anywhere near as talented as Brian Loudrop but in terms of that threat whenever he was on the ball certainly against Neil Lennon sides I was always sort of head in hands if you will because I was always fearing him doing something or him just winning a free kick and you know what they're like with set pieces we saw it in the 2 game back in 2019 and various other games where he's won set pieces or corners and it's led to them getting a goal or you know dangerous moments at least the reason i'm quite comfortable for sunday though is because in jj we have an elite right back as i said on wednesday we've got a guy who will relish this big time game we've got a guy who is going to be as arrogant he'll probably be the most arrogant player for us in the pitch he'll be so excited for it he'll be really looking forward to this one and i reckon he will put ryan kent in his place again yeah but uh, we've seen Juranovic in the the last game um he was he was brilliant he had a fantastic game um and i'm hoping for for more of the same kent yet has that threat we know that we've seen it in europe once again he's touched on it in the last podcast you know the the, the way that he has kind of got himself into situations where he's won penalties, he's won set pieces, and he's done that against Celtic in the past as well. So he's a really tricky player to go up against. Juranovic is, I think, the most perfect player in the park to sort of face up to that um, because he carries that little bit of arrogance to his game because he's confident in himself and he's a, a wee bit cheeky. So if you want to match that with somebody, Juranovic is in the best position to do so. And just like the first two battles, Stevie, I hope that Josip Juranovic, the Celtic player, wins said battle. 
think this is going to be different on Sunday though because JJ did get it very easy against Ryan Kent because if you remember in the game in February, Ryan Kent was pretty much on that left-hand side himself. Borna Barisic didn't go over the halfway line, didn't support him. Ryan Kent was doing a lot of defending and then he was very leggy when he was trying to attack JJ um, and he was get, getting nowhere. I think what will be different here is because they will have Jack and Lundstrom in there to provide cover. He'll have Bassey at left back and Bassey's been performing fairly decent for them from what I've been seeing. So he'll have a lot more support and JJ is going to have his work cut out. For any time we don't have the ball, I reckon like you'll have McGregor, you'll have whoever else is in midfield. They'll be also sort of pressing over towards JJ's side through narrow that space for Kent and I think that's why you were going to come out and top there I don't think in the end Kent is going to have a lot of joy he might have a better game on Sunday compared to February but I don't think that's what it's going to be decided it's going to be primarily in midfield is there any battles you would pick ahead of Sunday that I've not covered I would actually suggest the battle of Ange and Gio um hopefully with fists but um, in all seriousness no I think that there is genuinely a conversation to be had on how these two managers approached the game because Gio has got a lot of making up to do. Um, after February, they went into the game with the, totally the wrong approach. Ange had a field day, as we all know. And then in the second half, Rangers kind of fixed themselves a little bit. And as Rangers fans will tell us, they managed to draw the second half. <laughs> um, so, you know what? I'm waiting to see what happens in this game. I'm waiting to see if uh, how much Gio changes it, if it's effective. And then also how our manager, our glorious Ange, um, deals with that. Um, and if if we change an approach for Ibrox or anything like that. So I think it's really interesting to see how both managers will actually go into this game. I did say it was going to be a 1-1 draw. The now, I'm still going to stick to that. But tomorrow, when the shoot fever approaches, I might very well change my mind again. But I'm going to still stick to the 1-1 draw now. What are you going with? You're going for the draw? Wow. I thought you would have changed. There's um, not been a draw. There's not been a draw in Ibrox and Yonks as well. Like I know. I'm actually thinking, because usually I do my research and I've always got sort of a decent memory on me to remember, but I can't remember a draw. I think the last draw at Ibrox might have been that Samaras one, the one he missed the penalty in 2011. Is that, I, I could be, well, yeah, of course, there was years without actually playing them at Ibrox, so you, you could be right, because I can't even think of a draw since they came back up. Obviously, we drew with them at Celtic Park a couple of times with Rodgers. You might be right. You might be right, Stevie. It's either that or there's one that's blatantly obvious that both of us are missing it. Um, but you might be right. But, my prediction, um, I am going to stick to what I said on the podcast last night, and I'm going to go for a Rangers 1 Celtic 3 prediction, Stevie. And that is what Spunkphone was reckoning as well. Rizzo thinks that too. Oh, well, there you go. I'm great minds. Well, is that great minds? I don't know. Well, you're in the presence of legends there, Ryan, with the three one-shouts, and, you know, like yourself, Spunkphone, Rizzo, I hope you are right, and I hope I'm the one that looks like a fool. It wouldn't be the first time. Is that you for the previews, Ryan, or is there anything coming up on the 118 channel before the game? Well, uh, on the same night as this, we'll have the Selic the Thunder podcast released on the channel, Friday night show, and then tomorrow we'll be going over what I think the starting 11 will be on the Ryan 118 channel. So a couple bits of the content left to come before kick-off on Sunday, where ultimately we'll review the game as well afterwards. And for any GigPod fans who listen who want to know more about what Ryan does on his podcast and on YouTube, Ryan, tell them where they can find you. Uh, they can search for my YouTube simply by typing Ryan118, and if they want to follow me on Twitter to keep up with everything there, it's at Ryan Stephen A. And there's also the Selic the Thunder, at Selic Podcast. Yeah, look at that, doing my job for me, Stevie. That is absolutely tremendous. You're truly one of the greats. I'll be £900 for your cheek. 
<laughs> Do you want to double it? In terms of myself, that's it. Gig Pod have done their previews today with Ryan and also with Spunkphone during the week. But this is where it moves on to YouTube for me, where tonight it will be myself, Hamish and Big John McGinley. We're going to be on 67 Hail Hail live at 7. The last one we did, we pretty much called it as it was going to go against Rangers and we gubbed them 3-0. When it comes to the reaction on Sunday... It's going to be myself and Hamish. It's going to be another live reaction on YouTube right after the game at Babity Bowster, I believe. So you can tune in for that once more by going to YouTube, going to 67 Hail Hail and just subscribing and you'll see myself and Hamish on there. In terms of this episode 104, this is it done. I'm going to struggle to do the reads a bit here again, but once more, you know where to follow us on GigPod. Um, a lot more of you have been tuning in once more on Instagram. Absolute legends there and twitter at gigpod you don't need to know what my personal account is so i'm just going to leave it there hopefully we do the business on sunday and hopefully the next time it's episode 105 we're talking about going six points clear at the top of the league where we belong hail hail Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.